Okay, I want to just share with you a little bit about what the Lord's been give, talking to me the last few weeks. And last week I, I talked about um, the, the Lord has been, the last couple of Sundays in December we were talking about um, making haste. Remember, the angel said to the, to the shepherds, you need to go to Bethlehem because the Savior is born. And the, and the King James Version says the shepherds made haste. They dropped everything they were doing and made haste. And I've got I've to ask myself, and we need to ask ourselves today, are we making haste for the Lord, what we're, what we're trying to do for the Lord? Is it a priority? Is this a priority? You know, when I was growing up, Johnny, when you were growing up, church was a priority. You, you didn't miss church for hardly anything else, but you missed everything else for church. And now it's all switched. You know, if, um, if something little comes up, then can't go to church tonight, can't go to church today, because our priorities are switched up now, messed up. So the shepherds made haste. They dropped everything and made haste. The other thing I was talking about was hearing. He that has an ear, let him hear. So if you've got ears, it's time to hear. It's time to hear what the Lord's saying to each one of us. Not only corporately as a body, but each one of us individually. What is the Lord trying to tell each of us individually? Because it's an individual walk. When it comes right down to it, my kids are going to have to get their own relationship with the Lord. They can't work off my relationship. Sorry about your luck. Can't do it. Each of us have to have our own relationship. And so you have to find that relationship. You can't depend on your grandparents. Bought the lights. They bought the chandeliers in this place. Apparently nobody's grandparents bought the chandeliers in this place because there ain't none. There we go. You see what I'm saying, though? We, you run into that. Well, my grandparents went to that church. My great-grandfather gave money and built that church, or, or they, they bought these pews or those stained glass windows. But that's not going to cut it. A relationship with the Lord is one-on-one. -on -one. It's a relationship. It's like a marriage. A marriage is supposed to be and replicate and mirror that of the relationship between the church and, and Jesus Christ, the bride and the groom. So we're supposed to walk in relationship with the Lord. We're going to leave religion and go into relationship. Amber, Alex, working on a little advertising deal there. Talking to Sister Sylvia last night from about leaving religion and going into a relationship. What people find a genuine relationship with the Lord, it changes their lives completely. It changes their lives totally and completely. And so... Now I want to talk to you today about Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1. Let's all stand for the reading of the word today, if you would. In honor of the word of the Lord, we're going to stand. This is in the New Living Translation. It says, It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. Don't ask me what all that means. I don't know. All right? I couldn't tell you. But a seraphim is an, 
angelic heavenly being, just like a cherubim is, types of angels. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. Everybody say, it's all over. What's the next line say? I am doomed. Hey, you ever, you ever had days like that? All of us have had days where it's, it's all over. I am doomed. I'm in trouble. He said, I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's army. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now, everybody say now. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Notice it wasn't until the hot coal off the altar touched the lips that then the lips were cleansed and the sins were forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go, yes, go. Amen. I want to preach about just one moment in time. You may be seated. Sung by one of my favorite singers, Sister Whitney. One moment in time. Now I want you to notice here that in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah responds and he said, it's all over, I am doomed. I am a man that has filthy lips. I live among a people that has filthy lips. I'm a sinful man. Everything that Isaiah said could be applied to us today. There are days when you feel like it's all over, and I feel like it's all over. There are days when we say things that we shouldn't have said. Every day we're around people that say things that shouldn't be said. They take the name of the Lord in vain. They drop the F-bomb. And you know what? It's not just men. Actually, I think women have a nastier mouth than men do. Well, I did not hear any amens from the sisters' section on that. Anyhow, we'll go on. I digress. It's not just men now, it's women. Kids come over to the daycare, and I don't know, maybe, Abby, have you ever heard the F-bomb from the kid's mouth? How old, how young is the youngest one? As soon as they can talk? Usually about two. Usually about two. So, we're, we're raising a generation and growing up with a generation that this is normal. 
Isaiah found himself in the same situation. He said, "Now he said, you know what? I'm doomed. It's all over. I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live among a people with filthy lips. I've seen the king. He said, I, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. The, the trail and the train of his robe filled the whole temple. The angels began to cry, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. And the, the temple foundations began to shake. The pillars began to rock back and forth. He said, I am having a, a divine experience here, and I am in trouble. I am in trouble. So this one moment in time I want to talk about today, Isaiah was right in the middle of this one moment in time. He was right in the middle of this one moment in time where it seemed like that if, if you wanted any glory, this was the time for the glory to fall because you know what? Not only is the temple filled with his glory, not only are the pillars shaking, not only is the foundation rocking, but the smoke is, of his presence is filling the house as well. I've never been in a service where the smoke and the presence of the Lord has been personally. I have seen pictures of meetings where actually inside the tabernacle, the building, wherever they were meeting, that there was a haze or a smoke filling the whole house of the glory of the Lord. You see, brothers and sisters, you and I find ourselves in bad shape just like Isaiah did. But there's also that promise and there's also that time when the angel took that, uh, that burning coal. Then one of the seraphims flew to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. First of all, all of us need to have an altar in our lives. You are not going to survive this last day if you don't learn how to pray. You are not going to survive in this last hour if you don't learn how to obey. I'm not talking about obeying the pastor. I'm talking about obeying the Lord. All right? It used to be, pastor, I, I tell my wife, I tell friends of mine, I tell them, you know, I, I wished I would pastored 45 years ago. I wished I just pastored in 1975, Frank. When was you born? Yeah. You, you don't even remember 75. That was right after the streak and the Arab oil embargo, Watergate. I got so sick of Watergate. Every time I came home from school, I wanted to watch my favorite shows on TV. No, we didn't have any favorite shows. We had to watch Watergate. I didn't even know what Watergate was. But I do remember the day, Brother Vernie, I was sitting, I was sitting on the floor of the living room and my mom and dad had the TV on and I was eating a sandwich, probably mustard and bologna, and I saw old Tricky Dick Nixon walk out there and get on the helicopter. And I didn't realize the president was leaving. I mean, I, didn't, he, I was only, what, six or seven years old, eight years old. It's like, yeah, what in the world's going on here? But back in the 70s, and pastoring a church, you could say, guess what? We don't want any people, any women in the choir wearing red. Why don't you want anybody wearing red in the choir? Because red is the color of a harlot. And red, when you're sitting out there and you're watching the choir, everybody's attention is drawn to the red because of the brightness of the color. And now everybody thinks, well, that's a silly rule. I'm just giving you one out. 
But nobody in that church would have said anything to the pastor other than, okay, okay. Today in first session, we're talking about being born of water and spirit, and you show people in the Bible where it says to be born of water and spirit all through the book of Acts, and all they want to do is fight with you because of what they're reading in the Bible. So what I'm saying is this, that we live in a generation where we're all going to have to learn how to pray And you need to pray that you find a moment in time where you can actually get into his presence. Because if you can get into his presence, it doesn't take very long for your whole life to get cleaned up and fixed without just one moment in time with Jesus. So the angel brings this this burning coal that is hot, too hot to touch. That's that's what we want to have around here. All right? We want to have... Austin, did you just see that? Did you just see that? Is that? That's not good TV etiquette, is it? Probably scratch your head. We want to have red-hot burning services here. I said we want to have red-hot burning services here. We want to have the Holy Ghost moving here. Because somebody's going to walk through that door that's going to need the fire in their life. Somebody's going to walk through that door that's going to need more than just a ritual and just a routine and just a 35 to 45 minute lesson on, you know, Jesus at the, and working at the soup kitchen and they walk back out the door and check it off on their list and say, everything was all right and I got church in for another week. We're going to have to have the demonstration of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and power in our lives. And we're going to have to have that in our churches. And you know what? All all during this COVID, this first session of COVID, I I was watching all of these videos, and all of these guys were saying, "This this is going to draw out a remnant from among churches. And guess what? We're a remnant here today because we're not all here like we used to be five years ago. But what God, God is doing is he's drawing out this remnant that's going to be faithful and this remnant that's going to be true and this remnant that's going to be ready. And he's getting us ready for the, the hotness and the fire and the power that wants to come into our lives. And now he's calling us to that one moment in time where he says, I want to spend some time with you and I want you to spend some time with me. Amen? Let's give the Lord some praise right now because that was good. You know, that was real good. So, so he touched the lips of Isaiah. He, touched, he takes the coal. The coal represents the anointing. If you're going to make it in, in 2022, you're going to have to have the anointing of God. You're going to have to have the Holy Ghost working and pumping in your life every day. If not, you'll lose your mind, you'll get your gun out, and you'll shoot up a bunch of people. And then I had to come visit you in prison. And then when they move you around, then I got to get a different snack card for every prison in the whole system. Yeah. You know, that's how the state works. You need to work on that. Went to see somebody at Graham, and I got a snack card because I'm going to buy them a hamburger, cheeseburger. We're going to talk for a couple hours, get them something they haven't, aren't able to get, you know. Then somebody, and so then I got to go over to Lawrenceville. Ooh, that's a bad place. You don't want to go to Lawrenceville. You go to Lawrenceville, and you can't use your Graham card. And I go up to the officer, and I say, well, I want this card to work. He said, well, where did you get it? I said, Graham. He said, it's not going to work here. You got to get a brand new card. I said, are you kidding me? And then when you go to Centralia or Big Money, then you got to get a brand new card every time. 
but you're going to have to have the anointing to handle stresses of life. And people walking through that door are going to have to have the anointing from us to help get them into the place where they're in just one moment in time with Jesus. Because if you're just one moment in time with Jesus, you're never, life will ever, never, ever be the same again. Are you seeing what I'm saying? One time with Jesus and your life will never be the same again. He, as soon as that anointed coal hit the lips of that prophet, he said that your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And suddenly there was a change in the attitude of Isaiah. And the Lord said, now who's going to go and what are we going to do? The Lord said, who in the world is going to go? And Isaiah, who had just said, I'm doomed. There's no hope. Everything, I'm in trouble. I'm a man of filthy lips. I'm a sinful man. I'm full. I'm with a bunch of people who have filthy lips. Woe is me. What's going on? And as soon as that one moment in time hit him, now he's saying, Lord, here I am. Send me. A total 180. 180. Now from not going, now listen to all the reasons and all the excuses why you can't go. Now he said, Lord, I'm here. Send me. Send me. Send me. Somebody say that to the Lord right now. Lord, send me. Lord, use me. Lord, anoint me. Lord, let your power rest upon me. Lord, let your anointing rest upon me. Lord, let the demonstration of the Spirit and power do something in my life. And then you go to the Scriptures, you leave there, and you find in the Scriptures there's a term called the hand of the Lord. It appears 39 times in the Scriptures. It is found both in Testaments, both Old and New Testaments, the hand of the Lord. I'm talking about one moment in time. Have you had your one moment in time? Maybe you have. Maybe you can go back to the spot where you had that one moment in time. I'm going to tell you that one moment in time will change your life forever. Because when you're in the presence of Jesus, anything can happen. Oh, Shanda Maha Sata Mahai. When you're in the presence of Jesus, anything can happen. You know what I like? I like, I like it when, when, as we're singing, as we have some services, those young people begin to bust out of their pews and they're coming up front and they're pray, praying and crying and seeking the Lord. And then that begins to loosen up us old folks. And we start to seek the Lord as well. You see, God's wanting a hot church. God's needing a hot church here in Vandalia. He wants us to, he's called us. He, this, this church was put here by a miracle. The church being birthed was a miracle. And then the building here, getting here, was a miracle. We're just sitting in a miracle. Every, every Monday through Sunday, we come into a miracle. Every time we walk in together, we come into a miracle. How many times, Miss Amy, did we drive by this church, never said, boy, what are we going to do when we pastor down there? You hot? Yeah. Okay. So, we're just waiting on the Lord. One moment in time. That one moment in time turns into getting the hand of the Lord on you. The hand of the Lord. Let me give you a scripture for the hand of the Lord. Elijah the prophet, he was a wild man. Elijah was a, a, an uncouth prophet. Elijah was a prophet just like any other human being. But he was extraordinary. He was so extraordinary that he gathered up 850 false prophets. And he said, I'm going to tell you what, let's just have a little challenge today. And he said, uh, I'm going to build this altar here, and we're going to lay a sacrifice on it, and you guys serve your God, and I serve my God, 
And the God who answers by fire, let him be the God. Say, okay. So he says, you guys go first. You need a head start. I don't know if he said that or not, but I probably would have. See, now there's part of my personality that comes out. My personality is full of sarcasm. I can be mean with my tongue, my, my words. You never saw that, have you? I asked him if, he, if I ever made him mad last session. Man, he never even answered. He put me out there on the, whoo, I was all by myself. That's sarcasm. He says, you're going to need a head start. So they began to do their war dance. They began to call on their gods. Let the fire fall. They kept going and kept going and kept going and no fire fell. And then Elijah had to encourage him. He said, you know what? Maybe your God's on a vacation. See? He's sarcastic. Maybe he's on a vacation. Maybe you need to yell a little louder. Maybe some of you need to get a little bit of different praise dance going on. Now, some of you may not like the NFL, but I tell you what, I watch the NFL for praise dancing. Because when they score a touchdown, some of those dances in the end zone are some of the prettiest praise dances I have. I said, my Lord, that is one that goes for the church. I, and you know, Brother Kanata, he does that little, I wish I could do that. When I get to heaven, I'm going to do that one thing. You just barely, I'm going to get it. I'm going to have it. I ain't going to be a white guy trying to do it. I'm going to be a spirit doing it. It's going to happen. And so he said, maybe your God's on a vacation. Maybe you need to yell a little louder. So they start yelling a little louder. And then they start, he said, I don't know, man. Your God must be deaf. And they start getting angry, and they start cutting themselves. Now blood's flying everywhere. Finally, he says, you know, I've had enough of your show. He said, let's do the sacrifice. He said, I'll tell you what. Go get some water. Why don't you pour water on the sacrifice? And they're just happy as possum in a hen house, coon in a hen house. Yeah, we'll pour water on it. They soaked that altar and that sacrifice with water till there was water puddled up and pulled around the base of the altar. He said a 59-word prayer. And, whoa, the fire fell. It licked up the water, it licked up the sacrifice, it even consumed the rocks. Now I'm talking, that's fire. That's fire. And all 850 began to cry out, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And you know what Elijah said to his servants? Kill them all. Kill them all. See, the problem is we don't kill the false, nasty wickedness in our lives. We let it keep living and hanging around so it comes back another day and bothers us. Instead of killing it and completely getting rid of it and you never have to deal with it again, you keep playing with that temptation over and over and over and you just keep letting it happen over and over and over rather than just killing it. You say, well, I don't know about that, Pastor. Why don't you go back to uh, 1 Samuel chapter maybe 16, 17, or 18 where Saul uh, did not kill the Amalekites. He didn't kill all the Amalekites like he was told to kill them. And eventually, when the battle, the final battle where Saul is going to die, the king of Israel, do you know who put a sword through him? An Amalekite did. Because if you don't kill the Amalekite in your life, the Amalekite's going to come back and kill you. 
So you better get ready because you better get the Amalekites out of your life. So Elijah says, kill them all. And they killed 850 prophets. Now he's riding on a victory. Now he's riding, he's King Hosho right now. If you don't know about King Hosho, he got the peacock spirit. That's the church I came out of from out east. The pastor said, boy, he got a peacock spirit on him. Showing all his feathers. He said, he's so proud and beautiful, isn't he? He got the peacock spirit on him. I'm like, oh, okay, King Hosho. But then, when he hears that Queen Jezebel is going to kill him, he gets depressed and runs to the mountains. He goes hiding. You know why? Because he's just human. He's just human. But then there's a drought. And this drought has lasted three and a half years. There's been no water. Do you know who it was that shut, shut up and locked up the heavens? It was Elijah. He said, let me tell you something. There won't be any more rain until I say there's going to be rain. Now that's pretty powerful. When you're, you're a little old man there, probably got a beard and long hair, and you're just a wacky prophet, and you look at the king and queen and say, there ain't going to be any more rain until I say there's going to be rain. And finally, 42 months later, he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand coming out over the ocean. And he says, "Go, you go tell King Ahab it's fixing to rain. And the Bible says, now watch what the Bible says here. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. Oh, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. From Mount Carmel where he was standing and looking for the clouds until Jezreel was about 17 miles, 16 to 17 miles. The Bible says that he outran the fastest horses. He outran the fastest chariot that King Ahab could have. Because when the hand of the Lord comes upon you, Brother Kevin, supernaturalness comes upon you. Power that is not of this world comes upon you. Anointing that is not of this world comes upon you. Revelation that is not of this world comes upon you. You become supernatural in Jesus because of the hand of the Lord. And he outran for 17 miles the fastest chariot and the fastest horses. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was upon him. That's another moment in time I'm talking about. I'm talking about letting the hand of the Lord rest upon your everyday life. I'm talking about letting the hand of the Lord get into your life and your routine every day every day 17 mile run 17 miles that's from here how far is it to Oconee sister Sylvia how far how far is it Jonathan how far Oconee from here come on 23 miles, isn't it? I knew that. How far is, how far is show, uh, Sandoval, Brother Bernie? Yeah. It's more than 17, isn't it? All right. 17 miles from here to St. Elmo. There you go. The man of God outran the king's horses. You know what God wants to do in this hour? God wants to get you ready to run in this hour. God wants to get you ready for this end time. Because this end time is going to get crazy, brothers and sisters. 
We ain't seen nothing yet. You see, the power is still on. The money still works. What happens when the money don't work anymore? What happens when the power doesn't work anymore? Uh-huh. What happens when they say, unless you get a mark, you're not going to be able to buy and sell anymore? You're already to the point where they say, you can't go in this restaurant because you didn't get this shot. You can't go shopping here because you didn't get this shot. They're already conditioning us to get ready for it. You better get ready. You better find the hand of the Lord in your life and let it rest upon you. You better find the anointing of the Lord, the hot coal, and say, Lord, let your anointing rest on me just one more moment in time. Give me enough power, Lord, to give me, give me strength for this for my family, for my husband, for my wife, for my children. Oh, God, help us in this hour. Then there was a guy on Patmos. His name was John. No relation to John Worley. Don't think. Maybe he was. He was one of the 12 disciples. He was the guy that, whom Jesus loved. Jesus loved John. He was the one that rolled over there at supper and put his head in the chest of Jesus because they were close. Of all the 12 disciples and apostles, John is the only one that was not martyred. Everybody else was martyred. Now let me ask you this. Are we ready to be martyred? Those guys spent three, year, three solid years every day with Jesus. They had problems with Jesus. They, Jesus was always taking money out of the treasury and giving to the poor. And that turned Judas inside out and upside down and crazy. Well, Judas went out and hanged himself. His guts burst forth and he into the field of blood Peter said according to the New Living Translation he got what he deserved uh huh Peter was crucified upside down all the blood running to his head I don't know how that all works brother Nathan but it doesn't feel very good you seen those, those teeter things you know those things you go upside down in gets all the pressure off of your back Makes you feel like a new man. I got on one of those one time. Everything started rushing in my head, and I thought, dear Lord, I don't, do you die first? Is that why everybody feels good right after they use it? I was on that thing about 27 seconds. It was right here in church. We had a rummage sale, and one of them showed up here, and I was trying it out. I was going to take it home. After that experience, I left it for somebody else. Somebody else came and bought it, and I said, enjoy that. It's going to be good for you. Thank you, Jesus. Peter was crucified upside down. I believe it might have been Philip. They tied horses, one horse to his legs and one horse to his arms and pulled him apart. Why did those guys do that kind of stuff? Why did they die those deaths like that? Because they had been with Jesus. There's something about being with Jesus. There's something about when you're spending time with him that this stuff down here doesn't matter anymore. John's on the Isle of Patmos. They tried to kill him. They tried to French fry him. They tried to put him, and they got a, a big vat of oil and got it so hot it was boiling, and they decided they were going to put him in the oil and burn the skin right off of him. They put him in the oil, and he wouldn't cook. You know why? Because destiny wasn't done in John's life yet. 
the, the old Nero, the emperor, said, you know what? Just send that old dog to Patmos. Patmos was just a little island out in the sea. It was rocks. It was hilly. It was barren. A few, a few buzzards there and whatever else. Nothing else was there. No vegetation. Send him out there to die. We don't, we don't even need him around anymore. He's just crazy. He's one of those Jesus people. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, John said, and I, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, fear not, I am the first and the last. What was it he did? He laid his right hand on John and said, fear not. I'm talking about getting in his presence. I'm talking about letting him get his hand on you one more time. I'm talking about, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death and of hell. Oh, but it gets better. It gets better. The term in the spirit shows up in the scriptures 29 times in the spirit same guy same guy oh John oh John we still talk about it. you know how many books have been written about what John saw you know how many commentaries have said what John they thought John saw oh Lord have mercy how many books and commentaries and documentaries I got one there in my, my office. Alex wants to watch. That's, that's, a, that's a study on Revelation. What John got. Why did John get it? Because the hand of the Lord was on him. Because he was in the Spirit. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Let me ask you this. When's the last time that you and I have been in the Spirit? I remember 10 years ago or so, Holy Ghost moving in here, people over there by that wall praying, speaking in tongues. People over here out on the steps praying, speaking in tongues. We had to carry them home, speaking in tongues. They couldn't even drive, couldn't even walk. But you see, the, the hour that we live in now has been watered down. The hour that we live in now, the power has been watered down, and all the, those people are gone. I'm going to ask you something. When's the last time you were in the Spirit on the Lord's day? When's the last time the hand of the Lord was upon us? When was the last time we had that moment in time when that hot anointing hit us and changed us? We came in full of flesh. Isaiah was full of flesh. Isaiah was full of flesh. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I speak filthy stuff. I'm a sinful man. I'm full of sin. I'm in a society that is filthy. He said, I, I'm in trouble. I'm doomed. But at the moment when that coal of anointing hit him, immediately there was that change, that turn. Just one moment in time. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. I love this scripture. I can quote it word for word. Fires me up. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show ye things which must be hereafter. And John said, Immediately I was in the Spirit. Immediately I was in the Spirit. 
I got to ask us today at Family Worship Center. I got to ask us online today. Are we hungry to be in the Spirit again? Are we hungry to be in the anointing again? Because here's the deal. You're not going to see the throne set in heaven and one set on the throne unless you're in the Spirit on the Lord's day. You're not going to see the anointing and the power in our lives if we don't have the hand of the Lord upon us. We're not going to get that cleansing and that renewal in our lives if we don't allow the hand of the Lord and being in the Spirit on the Lord's day and letting that moment in time get a hold of us. That word, in the, that phrase, in the Spirit, means in a state of ecstasy. The outer world is shut out. The inner spirit being taken possession of God's spirit, establishing an immediate connection with the invisible world. When's the last time we had a vision of heaven? When's the last time we, we had a vision of what God wanted to do with us? Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we need your touch right now, God. We need your touch right now, Lord. Oh, God, forgive us for one and trying to expect to see things in an invisible world while we're still so much in contact, Lord, with the visible world. Anybody hungry? Anybody hungry to be in the Spirit? Oh, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hurt. I'm telling you, it don't matter because the hurt will be healed in His presence. The disappointment will disappear in His presence. We're not going to see the invisible world, friends, if we don't work to get in the Spirit. We're not going to see his power unless we start letting the hand of the Lord rest upon us. How hungry are we for the invisible? How hungry are we for that, that city where the Lamb is the light? How hungry are we for a move of God supernaturally in our lives that drives every demon out of our life, that drives every lie out of our life, that drives every hurt and every disappointment out of our lives, because if we can just be in His presence, if I can just be in His presence, somebody needs to pray that right now, Lord, just let me be in Your presence for a while. Lord, just let me be in Your presence for a while. Oh, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. John said, I was in a state of ecstasy. The outer world was all shut out. I didn't care about the buzzards. I didn't care about the rocks. I didn't care about anything else around me because I had been taken possession. I had been arrested by the Spirit of God. 
And I had an immediate connection with the other world. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go to the other world one of these days. You better make sure that you're headed to the right world. You better make sure that you're in touch with the right world. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm closing with this scripture. You can put it up on the screen. Catherine, it's Acts chapter 4, verse 13. I believe in the Amplified. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. We're not going to need any music today. We're just going to pray. We better get it right, brothers and sisters. We better get it right. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. You see, once you're with Jesus, you're never the same again. You can come from the world and get into this and be in Jesus. But once you get in Jesus, you can't go back out to the world and ever be the same again. You'll never be the same again. So the members of the council, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were just ordinary men. No special training in the scriptures. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. If the Lord tarries and I die before the rapture takes place, I hope that somebody can stand around that casket and say one thing, that you know the pastor had been with Jesus. I'm asking you today, when's the last time you've been with Jesus? This front area is open. You want to come pray? I didn't intend for this delivery today. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, we've got to get our business straight with God, brothers and sisters. We got to get our business straight with God. We're going to have to have the anointing. We're going to have to have the hand of the Lord. We're going to have to be in the Spirit. Pastor, I don't know. We're going through a lot. It don't matter. Just get in his presence today. If you get in his presence today, that a lot becomes little because he takes care of everything. He takes care of everything. 
if you're an old person, a young person, and you want a deeper walk with the Lord, this is what you got to have. You just got to be in his presence. You just got to have a moment in time. You just got to be in his presence for a while because he can change everything. He can put the anointing on you that you need for the rest of your life. He can change your life. He can change the next 20 years, 40 years, 60 years. Oh, just one moment in time. Just one moment in time. How hungry are we? How hungry are we? How hungry are you today? Oh, oh God. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, if we break our flesh, this flesh that's shielding the, us from the glory of the Lord, and the glory of the Lord can get in our presence, and the glory of the Lord can get in our lives, and things can happen in our lives, you're going to be totally changed. You're going to be totally changed. It's going to be cho totally changed, life-changing. They had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. They weren't very smart. One, script, one says that they were ignorant and unlearned fishermen. The King James calls them ignorant and unlearned fishermen. But they took note that they had been with Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Why don't we surrender? Why don't we surrender? Why don't we lay it down and say, I'm not doing that anymore. Why don't we stop doing the scheming and the lying, the planning. We know the plans aren't of God. And just lay yourself open before the Lord. Say, oh Lord, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me, Lord. Send me. Oh God, I want your power in this church. I want your glory in this church, Lord. I want everybody in this church, Lord, to make it to heaven. I want everybody in this church, Lord, to be successful living for you. It hurts me, God. It hurts me when I see him fall and stumble. Lord, it's just the simplest things, but the enemy puts them in our lives. So, God, I just pray right now for each and every one in this house, hearing this under the sound of my voice, Lord. Touch us all, anoint us, Lord. Make us God, change us. Let us go deeper in you. Let us go higher in you. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Lord, we want the angel flying through this house. We want that seraphim flying through this house, carrying the tongues, Lord, full of those hot coals of anointing. Full of those hot coals of anointing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Where are the hungry today? Where are the thirsty today? We got anybody else that's hungry here? We got anybody else that's thirsty here? Oh, 
are we today? Hallelujah, Lord. Help us not to play games with your spirit. Oh, but Lord, let us get in your presence. Let us get under the hand of the Lord. Let us, Lord, be running in the rain of your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deleho sada bahata sada bahanda. Above all else, Lord, I must be saved. Come on, that should be the cry of each and every one of us. Above all else, we got to be saved. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? What profits us today if we gain the whole world and lose our own soul? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an old song that goes, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I give all myself to you, here I am, here I am, Lord, here I am, let your spirit move through me. Here I am, here I am, Lord, here I am, I give all myself to you, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord, here I am. Let your spirit move through me, here I am. Oh, let's sing it again. Here I am, Lord. Seen as a prayer. Here I am. I give all myself to you, Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here. Let your spirit speak through me. Here I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aloha da handas tolo loho namaha. Hadi o namaha sana maha namaha. 
Hali Alamaho Salamahasakalamahaya. Oh, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I give all myself to you. Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Let your spirit speak through me. Here I am. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just talk to the Lord just a moment. Oh, God, Lord, we offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice before you. We offer this church up to you, Lord, as a sacrifice. Do what you want to do with us, Lord. Move the way you want to move in our service, God. Move in our lives individually, Lord. When we leave here, God, let us live intentionally for you. Let us do things intentionally for you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I give all myself to you, Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord, here I am. Let your spirit move through me, here I am. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's all stand. I'll tell you what, let's just all come around. Can you come around? Come on up here. Let's just all come around as family before you leave. Hallelujah. I was thinking this morning as I was getting ready about the call of the Lord on my life and I remember I remember the night I got the Holy Ghost. I had a vision the night I got the Holy Ghost. I don't tell a lot of people this, especially people who are 
praying for the Holy Ghost to come into their lives because you tell somebody, this is what I saw or this is what happened to me, then they try to think that's going to happen to them. And you, everybody needs their own experience. But I remember when I got the Holy Ghost, I was praying. There was people praying around with me. And I saw the cross sticking up out of a jagged hill of rocks. And I saw the burning of the blood dripping down off that cross onto those rocks. And I remember that when I saw that in my, my mind, my heart broke, and I began to yield over to the Lord. And then when I finally let loose of it, let, started speaking in tongues, letting the Holy Ghost just come on in, I saw, I saw that city like I was standing away from it, and I saw heaven. I saw the skyline. I saw the color. I saw it all. And I, that has just, that has changed my life forever. And I was thinking this morning, that was a moment in time for me. And I know not everybody's called to preach, but we're all called to follow him. All of us are called to follow him. And I just thought about, I, I wake up every morning and I'm free in my mind. I don't, I don't have to deal with an addiction. I don't have to worry about Am I going to get arrested today? I don't have to worry about whenever. You know, you ever been with people that have issues with the cops and you pass them and their head just starts spinning like they got to see where that cop's at? I don't have to worry about that. If I'm in looking for anything, I'm looking for a policeman. Maybe let's go buy a donut or something. Let's go have a snack. But I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with addictions. I've never had to fight drugs. I've never had to fight alcohol. You know why? Because I surrendered to the Lord. I had that moment in time. And then, man, all kinds of benefits. All kinds of benefits. I've been with the same woman a long time. 35 years. You ever heard of R.W. Schambach? They asked him what time, what was the secret to his success. He said, I've stayed married to the same woman for 40 years. That's the first thing he said. But I got a good wife. I got good kids. But you know what? I've preached in London, England. I've preached in Africa. I've preached in Eastern Europe. I've preached in the Philippines. I got stranded in China. How about this? I've been to Hawaii seven times. Now, why would the Lord put somebody in your life that you become best friends with who happens to be from Hawaii? Isn't that wonderful? What am I saying here? I, I, we've traveled in about 40 states, different states. What am I saying here? I'm saying here that that one moment in time has changed my life forever. 
and I'm not asking you to quit your job, stop your career, and and um, let me put these on. You won't be all fuzzy. And to do all that, I'm just telling you this. If you surrender to the Lord, your life is going to go so much better. So much better. I mean, I, I work with and I deal with people that have such tortured, twisted thinking and ups and downs emotionally, people that's on addictions and people that's messed up. And I keep telling them, I'm telling you, you're going to have to get in church. You're going to have to surrender to the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to help you. The only thing that's going to help you is the blood of Jesus Christ. And until you surrender, you're going to struggle. Because you can't do it on your own. None of us can do it on our own. Amen. One moment in time. I know the Lord was in this one because I don't ever cry. Because I'm usually hard and cold. Look at that. How many people you know just carry ribs? One moment in time. Have you had your one moment? Have you been in the spirit on the Lord's day? And he laid his right hand on me. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I'm ready for Family Worship Center to get that anointing and to get ready and get all of the worldliness shoved out of our lives because there's a harvest that's coming. There's a harvest that's coming. Listen, we're talking about Russia invading Ukraine. Brother Vernon, you've been to Ukraine many times. You know people in Ukraine. Russia's getting ready to invade Ukraine. China's getting ready to take Taiwan. We live in perilous times. We live in perilous times. And do you know that, that there could be an, e, what, an EMD? You know what an EMD is? It's an electromagnetic device that could be sent over on a missile over our country and detonate, detonated, and it would wipe out our power grid. And people, you're not going to have any electric. You're not going to have any running water because there's not going to be pumps to pump the water. There's not going to be any gas because there ain't going to be electric to pump gas. There's not going to be any air conditioning. There's not going to be any heat. This world could get a lot worse than it already is. And I, I'm saying that it's going to before it's all over with. But we have to be ready. Individually, corporately, we have to be ready. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your visitation today, God. Lord, I just thank you for this whole service. I thank you for being here. And I just pray that the folks home, that they're sick and they couldn't be here today, could feel your presence. Could move, Lord, and that could be, could be moved by your presence as well. I'm, I pray, God, that each and every one of us would establish an altar in our homes and in our hearts that, God, we are going to go all the way with you. We are going to walk with you all the days of our lives. That, Lord, we're not going to turn to the left or to the right. We're not going to entertain the darkness coming in and creeping into our lives. But we're going to, Lord, take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow you. Now, Lord, as we leave this place, let your presence go with us to every home and every house. Let your presence go with us this week. Move mightily, Lord, in our lives, we pray, as we just give you moments in time to come in and change our lives completely. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody said amen.
Amen, brothers and sisters. All right. Tonight at 6 o'clock, the Chosen Watch Party will be here. 6 o'clock tonight. That'd be, that's good. You need to come to that. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock church. Amen. Greet brothers and sisters. In the name of the Lord.